started doing this thing in February of 2020. It was right before the infamous virus. Uh, I was able to put out about six episodes, four with guests and then two that I told stories in. And then it all came to a screeching halt in March. Um, I wasn't completely happy with the way it was going. I kind of, I just decided I wanted to do it and I I wasn't really sure how I was going to do it, but I I wasn't going to wait around to figure it out. And so the early ones are pretty, pretty rudimentary. I didn't have the music figured out and I also didn't have the, the graphics. And so when we went into lockdown and no one was working anymore and everybody's hanging out in their house, I decided that I was going to reinvent the whole thing and try to, to make it something that I was happier with. And because no one knew what was going on, uh, some people thought we were all going to die. Some people thought no one was going to die. It was crazy. And I couldn't get anyone to come hang out with me, not even friends. Everyone was very apprehensive even to just come to my house and sit in my kitchen. So because I had all this free time, I, I was playing a lot of guitar. And I don't really play that much guitar anymore. And so that was one of the cool parts about COVID was all the free time early on was really good for me. And I think it was really good for a lot of, a lot of people. And so what happened is I was playing around with this thing one night and came up with this. The next day I woke up, did whatever I did, came back in and started playing it a little bit more and just kept trying to build on it, trying to figure out what it was. And that's what's so weird about playing music, man. You never know where it comes from or why it's happening. And for me, I can just spend some time goofing around on things and there's something in my brain that allows me to it's like some unknown thing that's trapped somewhere and I'm trying to figure out the code to get it out. And so I kept working at this thing and working at it and I, I found the code and I got in there. And so based off this idea, I could tell this was potentially going to become the theme song. And the way that I work when I'm playing guitar is since I was 18 or 19, I was hanging out with my buddies and we were buying, they're called multi-track recorders and they allow you to record lots of things. And so I've had this history for 20 years or whatever, just recording something and then layering other items on top of it. And this is something that people have been doing forever. There are, I mean, all, all your favorite hit songs have many different things going on. It's very rare that it's just a vocal and a guitar. So what I did is I took this element and I recorded it with my iPhone in GarageBand, which is very simple. Anybody can do it. And I laid down that one track and then I would just geek out on it and put it on repeat for an hour or whatever and just play along with it and see what else I could come up with. So I started with this basic 
finger-picking part. Then I added... Another very important part of multi-tracking is not just doubling the exact file, but actually recording it again. And this is something that goes back to at least the Beatles, maybe even before. And John Lennon infamously hated doing it. They would have him re-sing his vocal because when you have two parts that are the same thing, but they're, they're sung slightly differently or they're played slightly differently, it adds so much more. It's like an additional thing in the room. And so you can just have Lennon, for example, record one track, one vocal track, and then he records another, and then he records another. And when you play those three separate things together, it sounds like a chorus of people. And so that was the next step with this. I would record another item. I would just double whatever I was doing. So I had this nice foundation. I was talking in the other episode about little black submarines. I was talking about the chord progression. This is the pattern of chords that you put together. And this pattern is, it's kind of dark, I guess. It's kind of mysterious or something. It has minor chords in it. It doesn't have a lot of major chords. And there's slight things I do with my pinky that make it different than a regular chord. And so the way that I came up with it and the way I built this foundation, then I would just play it back on my iPhone, like I said, endlessly for fucking hours and play other things. And then I came up with this melody part. And from there, you can do anything. You could fucking, it's amazing I ever finished it because I could play on that song forever and I could add a million parts, but I had to stop somewhere. So I did that and then I added this. Next, I added this, which is the same part, just an octave higher. So now I've got all these tracks on this song in my iPhone. At this point, you know, probably eight or 10 tracks. And the cool thing about the little GarageBand app is they have various effects and you can control them with your finger. And so I was geeking out again one night, middle of COVID, nothing else to do. And I started playing with the, the finger action on the distortion. And I wanted the song to just be like this driving thing that kind of roped you in, but then it would just kind of fucking crash at the end of it. And so that's what this is, is just me making it crash.
the other thing that you'll notice is that when you're listening to any piece of modern music, anything recorded since the 60s, when stereo became common, stereo is just left and right. Stereo is what you hear when you put on headphones. And when you sit in space with your eyes closed, the what I always do is I imagine a circle. And when you're listening to any piece of music, if you really try to figure out where something's coming from, you'll hear that it's been panned. That's the word. It gets panned one way or the other. And so you may hear it off to the left a little bit. You may hear it like almost behind you. You may hear it dead center off to the right. There are different ways that people mix those elements. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that you can only put so much in the stereo field. It's kind of like if you're going to have a barbecue, you can only put so many burgers and kielbasa dogs and chicken wings and all this kind of stuff in the barbecue. You can only fit so much in there. It's the same thing when you're mixing a song. There's these stories of Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins putting like a hundred guitar overdubs in some of the, I think it was from Siamese Dream, that album from uh, early 90s. And when you're putting that many guitar tracks in a song, there's only so many places you can put it. But after a while, it's just, it's just beef. You know, there's, there's, that's what makes uh, a studio engineer's job so difficult is that if you are recording a band with all these different drums and guitars and vocals and the bass and all this stuff, you can only fit it in a certain area. And so when you listen to music, if you, Close your eyes and you have headphones on because that's always the best way to listen to it. You can see where these different elements are placed. And if you're listening to what I did today, you'll be able to hear where everything's coming in.